behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 57. Casey, what do you have for us today? OMG, Mr. D is here and we are in hog heaven. That's right. Our rhymes, our rhymes just get better and better and better. And I'm realizing that we're probably using the word heaven for every episode that ends with a seven. I agree. Like what the fuck ever, you know? Who cares? At this point, yeah, it's COVID. Anything goes. Um, so we're here with episode 57. We are so excited, and. I have to go through the basics. You know, you know where to find us. You can find us at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Instagram, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, our website, behaviorbitches.com. And guys, we're about to get to our review of the day. And you know, over here as behavior analysts, we live for your five star reviews. And I'm turning 30 on July 23rd. And my goal is, even though we're at about 600 reviews right now, I would like to get to 30,000 in the next two weeks. So please go leave five star reviews, steal cell phones. If you see anyone who has an iPhone, please go steal it from them, leave a five star review, write something nice. If you need help of knowing what to write, reach out to Assista, I'll help you. But Casey, what is our five-star review of the day? All right, guys. So this was a really good one. I, I was digging this um, because there's a lot of, she's do, applying her own behavior principles to herself as well. So it's, uh, the title is Change Behavior for the Best from Tina XO, hearts and hugs, kisses and hearts, whatever those are, 17, five stars. The podcast is my absolute favorite. I work in the field and was recommended to listen by my coworkers and supervising VCBA. I started listening and I couldn't stop. I recently started trying to go for runs or long walks more, and I've been using the podcast as my reinforcement. I started barely with a, barely able to run a mile, but didn't want to stop listening, and I've now been running or walking at least three miles every day, if not more. I can't get enough of this podcast and find myself binging through old episodes during my workouts because I lose track of time. I'm so thankful I found this podcast and you girls in general. I'm sitting for my exam next year and already planning on signing up for your study collective. You guys are the best. Tina, thank you for that amazing, amazing review. We're so glad that our podcast is allowing you to increase your behavior of exercising. I wish it did it to me. <laughs> I know. I wish that they, I, people are like, I listen to your podcast while I exercise. I'm like, well, fuck. Can that count for us working out too? Because like, no shit. <laughs> it's not working for me. But hey, All right. at least you guys are staying healthy. I love that. I want to also apologize for missing last week. You know, it was July 4th weekend. I was at the lake, living my best lake life on a sandbar. Super not good for COVID. I know, but I stayed really far apart from as many people as I could. Um, and we had we wanted you guys to play catch up and get in all the 56 episodes previously because there's a lot. Yeah, and just because Casey's obviously not as committed to this podcast as me, um, she left and she left. And so I had to put a positive spin on it that you guys could catch up, but which I'm sure you guys do need to catch up because you're not driving as much during COVID unless you are. But anyways, let's get to today's episode. I'm so excited. I've said that like 37 times, but it really is because I'm so excited times three. Um, you'll see what that means in a minute. We have an amazing guest here today, and Casey's going to introduce you to our guest, which probably a lot of you guys have already heard of, and if you haven't, you better have heard of him by the end of this. Yeah, when Liata said that she was in touch with him, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. A, how do you make these connections? B, 
what do you mean you're just like talking to him on the phone she's like yeah we're like best friends i'm in love with him and i'm like oh my god so super if jealous don't say that what if he doesn't feel the same way i'm sh- actually he definitely does not feel the same way so let's get into it so joe dombrowski aka mr d um he basically took the world by fucking storm in 2017 with this viral april fools video oh my god it was like a spelling test prank um he got to go on Ellen after this. Like, when are we going to get on Ellen? I don't know, but sometime. So since then, Joe has been traveling the world with a stand-up comedy tour titled Indoor Recess, which highlights his crazy life as an elementary school teacher. He is so fucking real, raw, and relatable, which is why he's on our podcast. We were just on his as well, so stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when that's going to come out. Um, So when he's not getting creative on screens and stages, he spends his time in Seattle, Washington, um, and he's all over social media at Mr. D times three. His podcast is social studies. It is awesome. Um, or you should go to his website, Mr. D times three.com, and you can find his entire stand up comedy tour dates, which one is in Dallas. So we will be there as long as COVID allows. So welcome, Joe. Thanks for coming. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hi. What's up, bitch? What's up, bitch? I had to say that. And we love Joe is bitchy. He is bitchy. He is what we need here. He is. He could be a behavior bitch. I feel like I am one. You are. You are. You you. absolutely are are one. Perfect. In the best possible way. It was funny, Liat. You were saying you were like, I think you probably know him already. And if you don't, you will after this podcast. It's so funny when you posted that we were plant because you put on the behavior bitches podcast or a study notes ABA instagram page whichever one you posted a picture of me and you're like he's coming on the podcast and there were so many people who were like oh my god oh my god and we're saying things like my two worlds collided and then even like friends so you didn't college. even reshare it yeah i noticed you didn't reshare it that was <laughs> oh, bitchy like come on you have the bigger platform here like friend to friend you should have reposted that shit well you have the bigger podcast so i wouldn't i wouldn't uh be too Look, tomato tomato okay yeah, potato padildo. Anyway, I so I did see that a lot of people I were saying that. that. Um, yeah, like best my, collab ever. My two favorite people. I'm like, oh one of my God. one of my friends from college who I haven't talked to in forever was like, she tagged me in my personal account, which I haven't used in probably like four years, and she's like, Joey, oh my God, I listen to this podcast all the time, and that's how you know somebody knows me like in real life before I blew up is when they call me Joey, Joey. which is like <laughs> who I am deep within my puss <laughs> that's amazing. i love that that's like me i'm linky to anyone who knows me like linky from, yeah. you know before i was a behavior bitch no i'm kidding even before that <laughs> <laughs> okay so i am really excited today so we have this amazing girl julia who uh, um she does a lot of our you know trying to get be like legitimize us as like behavior bitches and study notes ABA and kind of like get our shit in order because you know if you follow us on study notes ABA which I love obviously all our drawings are hand-drawn pretty notes but I realized we had absolutely no presence on the internet so I got Julia who is this amazing girl out of New York and she has been helping us you know improve our search results and just be have more of a presence on the general internet not just on handwritten notes. So Julia, when she started coming to work with Casey and I, she's like, have you guys heard of this guy, Mr. D? I'm like, no, Mr. D. She's like, I feel like you guys would just like vibe so well, blah, blah, blah. I looked him up. I'm like, oh my God, he's hilarious. Um, in the world of education, which like totally resonates with me. And I'm like, Julia, whatever you do, you must get him on the show. Um, 
And she's like, okay, yeah, I could totally reach out. He was so nice and friendly. So then she's like, okay, I'll reach out to his manager. That was the manager because she was working at this big comedy club in New York, Caroline's, yeah. um, pre-COVID. And so she's like writing this email. And I'm like, dude, I like looked over the email. I'm like, I don't think that's the way to do it. I think we need to like make it a little like more fun than it would catch his attention. It was not like, hey, good collaboration idea. I was like, I think you need to put it as like bitches want the D. Um, so that was the subject line, bitches want the D. And I was like, and you got to change that. It says like colorful language in there. These girls speak with colorful language. I was like, who the fuck says colorful language? Like, I'm sorry. We need to be like, these bitches drop F-bombs like it's hot. So whatever it is, Joe, you were so friendly and you're our most famous that we've got in here. So we started off having like our own siblings on the show. And now we're like up to Mr. D. So we know we've really made it. <laughs> well, thanks. I, you know, it's so funny. Regardless of what Julia said, I would have done it. Cause she's so cool. Like when I worked with her at the club, I got along with her very well. I got, I, okay. First of all, Caroline's on Broadway is a big deal. And everybody there, dude, like I'm talking better than Disney hospitality. Cause we all know what our feelings are on Disney, but mm -hmm. anyway, so like the Caroline's on Broadway family is like so unbelievably cool and real, not fake as shit real. And like, even one of the best things I love about doing a show is walking in and knowing none of the staff and then doing the show. And like, you either are going to win them over or you're going to not. Now, you know, the biggest compliment, I'll say it as a comic, I think the biggest compliment as a comic is when you get the staff rolling laughing like if you're watching a waitress and she's going to put drinks on a table and she has to stop because she's fucking laughing at what you're saying bitch you're fucking doing it right because <laughs> that fucking hooker goes into that club every single night and sees two or three different comics a day and she's laughing her ass off at you and it's like oh fuck i'm doing it i'm doing it i'm doing it and that happened <laughs> in airlines and like from there i just everybody there incredible julia included she her and i were just like hanging out in my green room for like a while like before in, in the middle of my shows and shit like that because she was just so fucking cool so if anybody from caroline's ever reached out and was like i have a collab for you i'd be like i don't care who it is i'm doing it because they're just great the booker there is also a big deal in comedy and he was like I he gave me a huge break like he the day he saw me he was like I want you to do your show here and I was like okay and I came and did my show there and he's like I'm coming in tomorrow which is a Sunday I want to see you at two o'clock I got an hour reserved for you I just want to chat and he helped me like navigate where my career is going to go and he put me in the New York City Comedy Festival and gave me my own show in the festival at Caroline's which was like another big deal and just threw me a huge bone and I was like i I even asked him, I was like, like, why are you doing this? Like talent, like past talent, like what are you doing? And he's like, I, he's like, I've never seen somebody come in here like a teacher. And he's like, it's so crazy that you're like blending these two things together in such a way that's open for everybody. He's like, it's incredible. And I want to help you. And I was like, dude, this is blowing my fucking mind. So that place is, has a very, very, very special place in my heart for sure. Well, I'm so happy that you were there and that Julia was there because look how we're connected now. Hey, I know. I like it. So I have a lot of questions for you, but I also think it's really interesting that what you just said, right? You're like, dude. And I mean, ultimately what we're doing also is we're using 
comedy, like that real life shit that like hits someone in the, like, you know, in the balls. And it's like, oh my God, that's so real. Is it the balls or the heart? I don't really know. But, um, and we're, we're utilizing that a lot too. And it's just like making really good calls, you know, that people are like, oh my God, that's so true. And I, I think that seems like a lot of what you're doing, like for these educators who are like, yes. Um, but what you were saying is like, when you say a joke and you have the waitresses laughing or the people who are like seeing comedy show after comedy show who are like numb to comedy, you know, you've done something right. And what you're saying, basically, I'm as a behavior analysis, you're going to analyze that is your behavior is reinforced. And you're like, I did something right. And most likely you're going to do that joke again, or hit it harder in that same area. Well, you know, it's actually kind of funny that you say that it actually works in the moment. So I'm a very expressive comic. I am not that comic who just stands in one place with a microphone and is going to give you my voice. Like I am full body. Like sometimes I'll have the audience just dying laughing and it's because of a look or an, a facial expression or an eyebrow raise or a tone or something that I'm using. And sometimes the reinforcement happens when I get like it. Okay. Oh my God. I love talking about comedy. So I'm sorry. I'm just very excited. Every single audience is it's, it's its own person. Every audience has their own distinct, unique personality. And it, like they come in as a unit and they work together as a unit and it's fucking bizarre. Some audiences will not make sound at all. And then you'll get off after the show and they'll be like, oh my God, so funny, unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, I didn't, I could, would have never fucking known. Some audiences will, I'll be like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. Like, you never know. But when when I get these reactions from the audiences, I notice myself working more of whatever it was into the show. So there's this one part where I came and do this and all this like this. It's not funny in the moment because I'm not saying it in the joke. But if, they, <laughs> if, <laughs> but if they laugh at it, I will use that voice more often but not to beat a dead horse. And I'll, I'll notice like that happening too in the show. So you have to like, as a comic and as a teacher, you have to know what you're working with and very quickly give them what's going to keep them with you. So, you know, if I see the audience, if I see the staff laughing, bitch, I'm going fucking in like, oh, especially if they're laughing, if they're laughing, if I can get them laughing by 15 minutes in my head, I'm like, you haven't seen nothing yet here yes. we go and that's when i'm just like let's fucking hit him let's do it let's do it and then <laughs> it's like you're not even gonna put be able to put drinks on the table bitch because this shit if you're laughing at 15 minutes we got 45 left honey i love that i love that like comedy is so i mean i'm not a comedian but like i would fucking love like to be like a chelsea handler or like, I was gonna say, didn't you do like improv Martin? I did. I did improv for a few years. Yeah. yeah. I'm you silly. Yeah. I, I could do it. You know, I could dabble. Um, there's, there's nothing like it. It's, it's drugs. It's crazy. So I kind of feel that even with like the teaching that we're doing, because it's like, but so this is it. And I, tell me if you could relate. So Casey and I have like talked about this so many times. So we pull people in as like a student and it's essentially like our audience, right? This is our mm. audience that like, I could be silly and do whatever I want and whatever it is. But there's always like someone in every group. And again, we are like, you know, we offer this like four times a year 
and every audience is different. Again, you know, we're like, dude, like some is like, oh my God, they love us. They think we're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And like, I'm like digging into it. And there's some that I'm like, I almost wish their Zoom camera wasn't on because I'm like, okay, they like are not into this at all. But then there's always someone who's like, we always pick one and we always tell one of our students, Krissa, who like we ended up in the beginning, she was a student who was like, all right, like what are these chicks trying to do? Like they think they're funny and they're doing this and this and this. And like, she was very like standoffish. And like that became my target. I'm like, all right, Krissa, she didn't know it, but I'm like, you are my new target. If I could get a fucking smile out of you, like I know I have one, right? Cause like, you're like a little, like, what are these bitches saying? Why are they like doing jacking off signs and like talking about like, you know, like buttholes and ex-boyfriends and drugs and whatever. And it's almost like that person that becomes like your target. Like this one seems really like, you know, serious and tight. And now like, I mean, we absolutely love Krissa. And she says, she's like, yeah, like I was standoffish, but you know, every audience and in behavior analysis, what we talk about a lot is pairing about pairing with an individual. Like before you start like giving a demand to kids, you better like make them eat out of your hand first. Right. Like you gotta oh, yeah. like make them like you, like as a teacher, I'm sure you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my Carissa on stage is straight men. So like, it's, uh, it's no secret that the majority of my fans and followers are teachers or have some sort of a teaching background, not exclusively, but I would say probably around like 75% are connected to education in some way. While you look at educators who are educators, mainly white women, it's, it's a fact. Like I'm, there's no race outside of it. It's predominantly white women. So who are, when you come to my show, what are you going to see the most of white women who are drunk as fuck on white wine? That's the bottom line. Right? <laughs> and then the other side is I have a lot of gay men and people of the LGBTQ community, right? So that's Wait, you're gay? my demo. Yeah, sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, my demo. Oh my that, God. That's the majority of my demo. That's why he wasn't going to like you, Leah. Come on. <laughs> but these women <laughs> come and they'll bring their husbands. And I love when the husbands come to the show because they're always like looking around like, where are the guys like where am I what the fuck is happening and I do hone in on them and I wait and I wait and I'm like once I got the fucking husbands mm-hmm. I'm like you're winning you got this that's amazing all right I need you to back up I need you to tell us okay there's this teacher turned comedian it's you know gone viral but like how like you started off teaching and then you're like living this other lifestyle right of like mm-hmm. kind of like vulgar comedian so like tell us about how mm-hmm. all, all of that well, it all started because um, teachers are shit. I can't think of the word. Um, poor. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> can't... underpaid for underpaid. sure. Underpaid. Right. And when you're in your first, you know, one to three years, one to five years of teaching, it's like significantly unmanageable how much money you don't make. So the vast majority of teachers, which in within years one to five, have a second or third job to do things that they should like be essential oils, essential oils. Yeah, no, seriously. Like if I had a dollar for every teacher in my building who tried to rope me into some pyramid scheme, bitch, I'd have like my face <laughs> covered in Mary Kay. I'd have candles all over my goddamn bathroom. I'd be drinking flat tummy tea. Homie, <laughs> let me fucking tell you what. All right. Yeah. So, or Rodan and Fields. Yes. Shit. So, um, so mine was 
two things. I was a teacher and then I would leave school to go to the gym to teach cycling. I was hey, like a, cy- I was a cycle instructor. Yeah, too. I was a spin instructor. Oh, Casey, I can totally fucking see it. I can totally see it. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a bulldog. Um, but then I would go home and shower and then I would go do sets at night for comedy. And the spinning and comedy really, I like truly honest to God, put gas in my tank for the week and like maybe bought me lunch on Friday with staff, like not a lot of money at all, but I was doing it because I needed to make money and like, it was fun. But two things, which I really loved, I love exercise and I loved being a personality and I did it and I kept going and I kept going. And then it just kind of like blew up. And uh, once it blew up, you know, it got to the point where I was doing comedy a lot more, um, a little bit of like a local name and comedy, which is really cool. And then um, moved to Chicago for a little bit, was get, get growing, getting a little bit bigger. And then I, um, by the time I moved to Seattle, I was able to take my show on the road literally and start touring. And I was touring all over the country. And it got to the point where um, I really had to stop and look at it. And I was like, is this fair? to the kids and their family, how often you're out of the classroom. And I was like, no, I don't think it is. But do you still love it? I'm like, yeah, I do. And one of my one of my principals at the time said to me, she goes, um, I do I think you're a great teacher? She's like, I think you're good. She's like, do I think you're a great comedian? She's like, I haven't seen your comedy, but I think you're probably good. Do I think you could be great at either of those things? Absolutely. But you're really dividing your time with two huge things right now. And you need to like make a decision. And I chose comedy. And I chose comedy because um, you can't take the teacher away from me. I'll always be a teacher. I'll always have those 10 years of being in the classroom under my belt. I'll always have my degrees. But as a comedian, I don't have a target on my back anymore. And I could say the true fuckery bullshit that is the public education system in America. And I can talk about it through the lens of comedy without parents being offended and having an issue with it, without the district having a problem with it and wanting to let me go because of it. I'm just saying these real raw things. Like if you come to my show, you're going to laugh your ass off. And when you leave, you're going to be like, oh, I'm laughing at that, but that's like real. And it's like, yeah. And I wrote it in a way that is really open to all people so they can really see uh, what goes on. Is And it's most important to me that the non-teachers are still enjoying it and getting a laugh too, because now they're realizing what teachers really go through. So even though like I'm not in the classroom, I still view myself as an important voice for teachers and saying things that they are thinking, but are too afraid to say for job security reasons and such. Okay. Gives them an outlet. I love that. Yeah. So I'm just anyone listening who is, you know, potentially trying to apply this behavior principle that's going on here. um, What Joe just spoke about is he had two different schedules of reinforcement, one while he's in the classroom and one while he was doing comedy. Right. And he was straddling this fence and his balls were hurting essentially, because he was straddling it so hard that it was just like really aching. So what happened there is he had to make a choice. And Casey, what is this called? A concurrent schedule of reinforcement. (laughs) And matching law, stating Mm -hmm. behavior goes where reinforcement flows. He could either have been, isn't that cool, Joe? You'll hear about this right now. We all make a choice all the time. Like you could either be sitting watching The Bachelor or you could be sitting studying for your exam, whatever's higher reinforcing at the time. But for you, you could either be doing comedy and you would allocate more time there, right? Like you had two things you could be doing at a time. You could either be grading papers, putting smiley faces on them, or you could be writing your comedy uh, new stand-up routines, right? 
And it seems like you made the choice, which you obviously did. You found more reinforcement in comedy. So that's where behavior goes or reinforcement and flows. And I, I relate to you in that because at a time I was working as a clinician, a BCBA at a clinic, yet I was teaching these classes on the side, trying to like make these funny videos of myself doing behavioral stuff. And I was like finding myself on Instagram, trying to make these videos at work all the time. And I'm like, all right, dude, I just need to fucking take the leap and go for it. And so what you're saying is it's an exact example of what we call matching law, your behavior going to where you found more reinforcement. Oh my God, I've been analyzed. Oh yeah, she's it, real It's good exactly at that. that. And it's crazy because even let's say like you had a more, you had secure, like, I mean, as secure as a job, teaching job could go with what you're making monetarily, you at least knew like, okay, I'm at least getting this amount every paycheck. You ultimately had to take more of a risk, right? To be like, I'm willing to take this risk and not have that amount, but the reinforcement of what I'm getting, whether it's like laughs, attention, like you feeling like you're fulfilling, like your energy that you had, like your potential energy that was just sitting there, you were able to use in comedy, which I think is really cool for anyone listening to understand matching law, that this is a perfect example of it. I've been, I've been schooled. I love that. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is she talking about? No, I mean, it's crazy. so funny. <laughs> I know, I know, I know that this is all to be true, but I guess I've never really thought about it in that lens. There are so many reinforcing factors too, which I feel actually the route that I chose was the route that had more reinforcing factors. Because I feel like if they both had them equally, I would maybe have still been doing it. But comedy to me, I was able to rationalize it in a way where there was like more factors that allowed me to find joy. Like, and the thing is too, is I've always been a really risk taking person. Like, cause I grew up and my mom always said to me, like, without risk, there's no reward. And the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward can potentially be. And so I've always been a risk taker like that. And like quitting Love your- Jan, Fran. What's your Fran, mom's name? Fran, yeah. Fran. <laughs> quitting your job to be a comedian. Like, listen, when I first was telling people that, like to that, I was going to be a comedian full time because they were understanding their whole lives they realized oh he's a comedian but like he's still in the classroom because in their minds like comedians poor starving artists who live in box studio apartments their entire life and like don't have any savings and like that's what their mindset of a comedian was so when I was telling them I'm leaving comedy to be a professional comedian only they're like what like could not wrap their head around the fact that I was like taking such a risk to do it. And people were like, how are you going to, are you going to be able to pay your bills? Can you, and still sometimes I tell people like, oh yeah, I was a teacher and now I'm a comedian. They're like, wow, your husband must be like really making a lot of money. I'm like, bitch, you don't <laughs> fucking have a clue. You don't have a clue. It's kind I of funny. That. Yeah, no, that's true. It's like when I left my uh, full-time clinical director making pretty good money to go teach for a company called Study Notes ABA and run a podcast called Behavior Bitches. I still say like, what? You're not in, what do you mean you're not in a clinic? I'm like, nope, I work from home. I teach yeah. class. I, and there's like, that just like, no one can like really wrap their head around it. Like even our students are like, wait, you just work for Study Notes? I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I left my job. I was scared as fuck. Yes, I have a husband. Hell no, he does not make much more money than I do at all. So <laughs> he cannot but pay all the bills. I have to work and make money. And Casey, um, yeah. it was the same thing. It was like in the same situation too, where I literally looked at it and I was saying, you know, money aside, like where am I going to get like more bang for my buck? Because like, am I making 
good money. Like, is it risky? Yes. But the, th the two things that did it for me is I'm making money, but I'm also having like way more fun Happiness. and right. And I'm my own boss and like, I'm making the decisions and I don't have to be confined to this strict regimen of what a teacher should be. I can finally be myself. And people say to me, like my fans, they say like, you are finally, we're hearing like you're actual voice there's no filter and i'm like yeah this is really who i am but the biggest thing too casey like what you said people have these assumptions of what life is you grow up and you work these very specific jobs and you work from nine to five and after that you have your free time and then you get up and you do it time after time again and i was even noticing with teaching i was just like i can't do this i don't think i can do this for the rest of my life get up go to work Monday through Friday, come home, have two days off, go back, do it again. But, and I was just like, this rotation, this pattern is not me, mm -hmm. but so many people find that as what is correct. And to break out of what is correct to them is ludicrous. So yeah. I totally understand oh, yeah. what you're saying. But, and if you're someone, if you're someone who, well, first of all, like I, I kind of had to figure it out myself. Cause like, I didn't have a choice. Like I couldn't attend a job that like needed me to be there a certain time, certain time. Like, I can't imagine going back to that now. Like, it's well, it's, like, I come from like before I was working, you know, full time as a clinical director, you know, Monday through Friday, again, you're, you know, showing up for all these families, all these staff, like, if you're putting fires out, these crises, it's super stressful. You're billing insurance. It's like, ah, um, I was just bartending, teaching spin, teaching yoga. Uh, teaching body pump. And I was the happiest ever. I love to be a bartender and put on a show. I love to be at, on the podium and teaching spin. And then I was like, well, this isn't what I should be doing. I should be getting my master's and getting a 401k and like family and do all this stuff. And I just was so incredibly miserable. I'm like, this miserable. is not miserable. I was like, I'm going to do, I, do I, both. I told, I told Matt, I was like, I might check myself into the like, a mental hospital if I'm, if I continue this way. Like, Honestly, Casey, I vibe with that so <laughs> hard. So, because it's like, literally it's like, I, I'm, I'm not that person and mm -hmm. that's okay. But so many people have this mindset of like, that's what life is. And when you veer away from that, it's like strange to people. Like you don't get it. But let me tell you what, not only am I having the most fun that I've ever had in my life, but mm -hmm. okay. I haven't done a show since fucking March. So let's what I'm get about it. to say. What I'm about to say <laughs> is pre-COVID, like this mm -hmm. school year, not not teaching, pre-COVID, I was touring. I was in a different city Thursday through Sunday, working my ass off, didn't have any weekends to myself, was writing, was producing, was doing film, was doing some other shit, working harder than I have had in my entire life, harder than teaching, I'll say that, and was the most well-rested I've <laughs> ever been because I was like waking up in the morning to do something that was just like, what like teaching was definitely filling my bucket, but like now I was really feeling what it feels like to like be super successful at something that you absolutely love. And the reason that teaching wasn't doing it for me was because I had to Sensor. play by these rules and be confined and act a certain way and talk a certain way and be a certain way. And it was just like, I cannot be caged. I can't be tamed to quote. No, uh, no girl, you right. cannot. <laughs> no, mm. no, no. And I think that's the same for like, you know, I love, I love working with people with disabilities. I love brain injury, stroke, um, autism. Like I, I love it. And I miss that. And I know that part of me will go, go get on a board for a nonprofit and like, you know, do some kind of like something again. I won't ever, you know, go back to the way I was, but Again, I was just, I was exhausted. Now I wake up and like, because I'm creating what I want to create. I'm creating products that I want to create, the life I want to create with my best fucking friend 
who I met on the internet. That's so cool. That's so cool. I love it. You I love like it so much. Literally met on the internet. No, but in this fire that I mean, I'm sure you could understand it. Like, okay, so with my lupus and all these health issues, I needed about like 13 hours of sleep a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me, me too. Or without else, lupus. Or I'd be or I'd be like really sick, like couldn't dress myself the next day. Like my body would be so sore. Like since doing this study notes, ABA, I probably like, and this behavior bitches, I'm so lit up by it that I go to bed probably at like one 30, two o'clock. And I'm up at seven 30, like, oh, because yeah. I am. And, and I feel better. And I've been in the hospital less than I've ever been as a behavior analyst taking data. Like this is insane to me. Because I'm actually getting way less sleep. I like, I feel such purpose. It's given me like, literally like lost fingers along the way. I don't have fucking time to think about it. Like, I feel so, it's, it lights up my soul. Literally. It's incredible, isn't it? And you get high from it. And the reinforcement. Literally. literally Let's talk about the reinforcement, okay? Okay. Like, let's talk about the reinforcement. Okay, so yours comes in the form of laughs, right? Um, In the form of comments followers on Instagram. I mean, we had like, I get, yeah, yeah. I'm you, you can't, den- come I, on. You like, you can't yeah, deny, you, you can't know, deny like, it. Oh, I don't care about the fact that I have 200 I, something. I wouldn't say that followers. that is my highest point of reinforcement, but, but no, but they definitely added, there. Oh, for sure. For sure. You're like, Oh wait, they care about me. Like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Cool. I want to ask Joe. Okay. How do you a practice your standups in the mirror to your husband or fiance, boyfriend, whatever he is, or do you not like, what do you do? So like, this is a loaded question now for the new day and age. Like, are we talking pre or post COVID? Pre, because okay, COVID it's... will end at some point, but you can go into COVID too, but start with pre. Pre COVID, you know, I get ideas and I have a lo- I have a, I have a huge folder on my phone that is just sentences that are ideas that are premises for jokes. And then I'll take that premise and I'll like, write it out and I'll flush it out and I'll say it over and over and like tweak it and get it great. Like to my head and in my, in my thing. And then what we do is called sets. So I'll go and do a set at the club. Uh, I'll like pop into like, if there's like an open mic or something like they typically will know me and let me do like 10 minutes of material and it'll just new be new material. And I really like to try my new material out to my non fans. So just like people who don't know me yet, because if I can get those people laughing, then I know that my fans are just going to eat it the fuck up. So I go out mm, every single night. And I would every single night that I'm not on the road, I would just go out and do as many sets as I can and sometimes drive like up to an hour to the next one. And Mm -hmm. just and it doesn't matter. Audiences would be like 20 people, five people, 75 people, just small audiences of people in comedy clubs and just trying this new material out. And you flush it out, you flush it out, you flush it out. And I would probably master a 10 minute set would probably take me about a month to get as cl- I won't even say perfect, good enough to be in the show. And once it's good enough to be in the show, I'll tape it and save it. And then comes the tricky part. So I need at least 10, um, or I need at least six 10-minute sets to make a full show. So I have about six concepts or ideas that may or may not have anything to do with each other and I have to figure out how to string them along. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I write the joke and I 
end it on some like keyword or key phrase or some sort of mind triggering something that'll like launch me into the next joke. And that is the part that I have to absolutely memorize because if I drop that part, I forget the next joke and it could fuck up the entire thing. Like, and then there's a thing too. If I drop one joke, that's minimally 10 minutes of the show that the audience like doesn't get. So it could be like very dangerous the more you start missing. So, um, like the most obvious thing I can give to you is I have this one joke about this guy who is like basically a complete fucking idiot. And my line is, well, that's just common sense. And then I go, well, common sense. Speaking of common sense, during a test, students are not allowed to. And the audience says, hopefully, talk. Yeah. And then I go into this whole joke about students like not talking during a test because like I need my fucking time to <laughs> read a magazine or whatever the fuck I have yeah, to yeah. do, right? And yeah. like that launched me into the next one. So that's the craziest part. And then once you do it and it's perfect, well, then you have a show and hopefully it's an hour, 45 minutes. I won't, I won't go on the road with anything under 45 minutes, but 45 minutes. When I've always been fascinated. My husband and I watch so much stand-up comedy and I'm like, Oh, really? Oh God. Yeah. Like who are your favorites? Um, well, we really, Kevin Hart. I really like Kevin Hart. Yeah, no, great. No, I, I do too. I don't hold nothing um, bad against him. No, I love, we love Kevin Hart. And there's another guy. I can't remember his name, but Matt, we love watching him. He's got like an, like an Irish accent or something on Netflix. Jim Bill Jeffries. Burr. It's got a, is it Bill Jill- Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Burr. Well, my Bill Burr dropped into my show in Boston and like did it 20 minutes at the beginning of my show. I was like, <gasps> I, uh, it, I couldn't talk. It was How crazy. did you even go up? At, you had to go after him? Yeah. And then I went and did my whole entire show. It was like my audience. They came to like see me, but oh. Bill just like dropped in and was like, I'm going to do something. He was doing what I just told you about. He came oh, like a set thing. Okay. The set, new material. Yeah. But so it, it fascinates was... me how people, wow. even with Ted talks, like I know you practice, you practice, but like with comedians, like I love what you just said though. The, it's like a behavior chain. Right. And you mm-hmm. set it up so that whatever last step, that word, that keyword, right. Is going to be mm-hmm. your, we call it in behavioral terms, like the discriminative stimulus. So it's something in the environment that is going to like kind of trigger the next, you, trigger the next step, provide re- that signal reinforcements available. So you're like, all right, that's that. And then you're able to go into the next chain by that little thing in the environment. What's the this, thing that what's you this said. called? It's a discriminative stimulus. <laughs> a discriminative stimulus. I'm going to start using that in comedy and try to get it in, to be like a comic term. Yeah. And then your next. You know, it is. It's completely. It's before. Joke. It's like. Yeah. It's literally. But it exactly is that. Because when you talk about like. Okay. Let's say you have a. a steps you need to follow for a chain. Right. It's like. Okay. In order to build like this IKEA dresser. Yeah, yeah. Like. You need a build an Ikea dresser, right? It's like, okay, so once you've built the frame, that completion should be the SD or discriminative stimulus to start the next step. Like it leads you into the next step. And then so the next really step need, is reinforcement for the previous step. So it's like, this, it's a behavior chain cycle. Look it up, look it up, boo. It's exactly what I just described. That's crazy. I know. I was like, oh my, did you, you hear are behavioral? You are a living organism, this Joe. You are behavioral as fuck. I can't All even humans. believe that. All right. So, and also, then what? Guys, what Joe, one thing what Joe was saying, but I just want to break down one more thing behaviorally is so, would you go try a, like a, a joke at once or you try to do it at a few places? Oh, my God. Till you perfect it. As many, as many times as possible. And that's the thing, too. Remember how I was telling you that each audience is its own personality, its own body? Just be okay. When you do bad in comedy, it's called a bomb. Just because a, a joke bombs with one audience doesn't mean it's bad. There's a chance that it could be just the audience, but I, 
kind of give a joke maybe about three times before if it if it's not gonna do well three times then i kind of give up on it and i'm like it's you you're a fucking asshole not them <laughs> right but you want to blame it on the audience but you can't always right. and that's okay but then there's the other thing too where if i really 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 believe in a joke and the audience it keeps bombing and the audience isn't doing it but i'm like i know this is funny i know this you is shape funny. it I do. I'll rewrite it until it comes out the right way. And there's been times where I've just flipped words and like now it's funny or I give one thing like one more adjective or one more description and now it's hilarious. And it's like people are like, well, like I did this whole thing about koalas and I was like, this is fucking so funny. I know it's funny. I know it's funny. And like they were not <laughs> giving it to me. And then I like did I reenacted what the koala did and like to give them that visual, then they were like, ah, <laughs> even a pause or something, right? Like a pause could be so oh, powerful. Like pauses are very important. Pacing is very important. Like if you, That's if I gave you my show right now and you read it, I, you probably wouldn't find it funny, mm -hmm. but like the, the pattern and the way and the flow makes it and then there's so much more too like the like the the s the vibe of the room also makes it too like if i'm vibing with the house like it's gonna fucking rock which is why i come with my own playlist too i did a show in la one time and like they were playing like fucking weird ass elevator music and then i went to do my show i was like i feel like they're not they're like they might want to take their fucking grandma nap or whatever the fuck it is like i don't yeah, think yeah. they're ready for it so then yeah, like little things like that. You got to prime them. You know what that's called? Uh, manipulating, manipulating the environment. <laughs> he is literally manipulating what? the environment. Like this seriously, if you want to get a kid, if you want to get a kid to maybe increase their verbal behavior, right? Of like asking for um, water. You're going to manipulate the environment. That you're going to put the water near them that they're going to want to ask for it. You're also going to probably give them really salty goldfish before to increase the likelihood they do that. So like what you are doing is you are manipulating the environment to make some or like if you want to make yourself study more, put pretty pens around your desk, light a candle. You're manipulating the environment to set the vibes. So Joe is very behavioral over here. He doesn't realize he's a, he, I knew he was a behavior bitch. I just felt it. <laughs> and one other thing he was just saying, he is shaping his behavior, right? So he's like, I might need to make that pause a little longer. I might need to, like he starts off, right? And he's shaping the approximations of that behavior to perfection. So he's saying this koala joke and he's like, I need to add in one more adjective. I need to like flap my hands a little more. I need to, until it's perfect. And this is, so cool. This is actually like, I was like, what terms are we going to talk about on today's show? Because we try yeah, like tie in, but it's exactly what you're, and then he was saying, he'll try it out until it's perfect. Trials to criterion, my friend. He wants to see how many trials it takes until he gets the joke perfect before he goes and presents it. So that's tying that. And I know Casey, you had another question. Sorry, I like to, I don't want to go too above anyone's head, but I hope you guys see like exactly what anyone is doing is completely he is manipulating the behavior of the audience a hundred percent can i he ask is, a question yeah please thank yes, you for raising Joey. your hand i appreciate that you're such a student okay for trials for criterion if i is it based on the is there like a set number of when the person will give up or is that like innate to the individual because like my threshold for failure is way higher than most comics and i will try a joke 
way more than most comics will before I completely pitch it. So is that like based on the individual or is yeah. there kind So you're going like- to set that criterion. Like you're going to say, okay, I'm Joe and I know if I can get, you know, say 90% of the audience to laugh three consecutive times, that's it your try. And me. you kind of set your own, right? Like a teacher would set it for the kid. Like you need to tie your shoe um, independent, uh, hundred percent of the time for three consecutive trials. Right. But again, you can set, you set the criterion based off kind of the skill level. But so for you, it seems like you're setting it for yourself. Like you're saying, Hey, no, I want, I'll try this six times before I give up. Right. Uh-huh. But it's know. also probably been done by your learning history. Right. So you're like, all right, dude. Yeah, fine. It took me 16 t- tries to get this, but this turned into my fucking best joke ever. So I'm willing to um, set my trials higher where someone else who's like, listen, anytime that I've fucking gone over three times and like still pushed that joke, the behavior has been punished. Everyone fucking hated it and called me an asshole. Um, so you've obviously probably had come into contact with success of multiple trials. I have. Am I right? Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So Joe, you had mentioned earlier, which I had absolutely no idea that you were gay. Um, and I'm just kidding. Um, I'll do the jokes. jokes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Leave them to jokes. Okay. So um, I think this is interesting because um, this is cool. I don't know necessarily interesting, but I think it's cool that were you open about this in the classroom with your students? Not always. So, oh. like going in my undergrad, it was kind of like talked about so much about how you should like hide your personal everything. I don't think anybody in my undergrad ever said like you can't be gay or they can't know that you're gay, but it was definitely like ingrained in me in that way. And then I like had come to contact with like other gay teachers who were extremely closeted. So I guess it was just kind of like ingrained in me that that was like the expectation. And the more I would like push that boundary, the more I would get pushed back to early on. Um, and it wasn't until I've taught in, I've taught for 10 years in four different districts. And it wasn't until this last one where I fully was able to, um, completely be myself and like definitely like openly talk about being gay with the kids and the families and everything like that too. But like also the factor there was I was in Seattle, which is like this hyper liberal place. So like that wasn't uncommon. So you kind of have to like, I had to like seek it out a little bit, you know? So, so it wasn't all, it wasn't always this way. Oh, kind of like it was a SD versus an S Delta, meaning that there was signaling, okay, it's okay if you say it here, where some places you're like, if I say it here, my behavior is going to be punished. I guess so. Right? This is, this is Delta. Or that no reinforcement's available. Yeah, let's get real here. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. You know, it's like, okay, look, this environment is like showing like, okay, yeah, it's cool for me to be gay here. It's fine. Right? Like, I, they're not going to, then when another environment, it's like, it's not going to be reinforced. Well, and that's the thing too, is it's like, this is an obvious choice, but when you think about like reinforcement, there are like are there are like there are factors that would happen in education that would have me choose to stay forever or not. And like a big one was I taught in a district where at the end of the year party for that district, we went to this bar that was in the local community and the bouncer like called me a faggot and kicked me out. 
for like wow. really like they had a reason that was like some bullshit reason. Um, like I was dancing and they told me that I was like thrusting and being hypersexual. <laughs> and I was like, well, what is that, that? True? like it could be true, but also like you would let anybody else do it. And also nothing's going to justify the fact that you kicked me out and called me a faggot. But when that saying. happened, when that, that happened, like-, like I still hold severe hostility for that entire community the whole city of where i taught into like i do not feel safe i do not feel welcome i do not feel comfortable and i never will and i hold so much i hold so much hostility towards that specific district for other reasons but like when that happened i was just like this is done and it's such a deeply rooted thing that happened that will never do it so like it's so crazy to think they back you up like you're fellow teachers and stuff were they like are you fucking kidding what one one uh teacher who i was very very close with he like saw that it happened and he like left immediately with me and like we hopped on the train and went home together and like he was with me like the rest of the night which was really fantastic but uh no and then like the district wanted nothing to do with it like yeah it was just like brushed off the table like it was so fucking weird it was like really really weird so um what's what's a big negative factor for one person could seem like such a small negative factor for so many other people. And it doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is the person who's interpreting it. That's choosing the rest of their path, not yours. So yeah, it's really weird when you talk about behavior like that, because it's, there are little things that are super important to making the staff feel comfortable within their workspace. Absolutely. And that's, that's really good too. Yeah, it was wild. Well, if you were my staff, I would give you the biggest hug. I'd make you feel so comfortable. I'd like, <laughs> I'd bitch that motherfucker everything. out and I'd probably oh, yeah. call them fat or something. I'd make the, don't worry. I would like <laughs> fucking psychologically fuck them. I'm not like, I'm more like passive aggressive, you know, like I'm not oh, going to like actively punch him. Even though I am a black belt, I wouldn't actively punch. I'd probably just be like, yeah, you're going to go home tonight and fucking cry. You little, make sure they're like feeling like, you know, insecure. Yeah, there was like, I'd be like, by the way, you have a booger. Like, I'm more like, by the way, you have a booger, you know, like to make them feel like an idiot. I like called the place too and like talked to the owner of the place. And then like they wrote me this apology and it was like, we're sorry for the alleged actions. And like, it was just so fucking. Yeah, no. Bizarre. And then like, I like, I like did a little public thing about it, like a very small public thing about it. And I got a ton of people who are on my side. Absolutely. But then like people in the local community were like, you are selfish. You're not thinking about the bars and the waitresses and the waiters who work there to make ends meet and feed their families. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, when did this become about anything or anybody else and also i'm so sorry to say this but they can go work at any other place in this fucking place so i do not feel bad about this i was just kind of like this is really showing me like human behavior and human existence and i was like i can't ever think about this place in a positive way again yeah it was weird that's bam, bam, bam. we took a dark turn <laughs> yeah this got, this got really oh God, dark can you be funny real quick <laughs> right sorry no 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 no. it's it's i think it's important but True. i also the one to be real to say is like i actually what i was thinking if your students did know that you were gay i think it's actually really cool because like i mean i don't know when you came out that you were gay or if like from day one you knew you were gay and you mm-hmm. said it um But like to a student seeing this, I think it's, you know, I know at least in the field of behavior analysis, like there's a lot of, um, we're hearing about like a lot of like 
you know, they're getting more into like the sexuality and the diversity and, you know, like we're working with some of these kids and especially when you're trying to shape behaviors, right? It's like, um, I mean, I, I started speech therapy the other day for my voice. Cause like, I like lose my voice all the time. And she was telling me the speech therapist, not a behavior analyst, which I actually did one session and I haven't followed up. So I shouldn't say I like go to speech therapy. I did one, but, um, she was telling me like, she would work with a lot of like trans, um, individuals and like trying to help them change their voice or whatever it is. Um, so like we had to kind of have this awareness of like, okay, wait, we're trying to make this girl like shave her legs and do this and have these hygiene habits. And like, we maybe need more understanding of the individual that like, that's not what they want. Right. And so like, I think it's cool that students could have access to seeing someone who is different. Well, that's, that's exactly why as I progressed in my education journey, it became more important for me to absolutely be myself and not, you know, if kids are having these cookie cutter teachers who are acting the same way, their entire educational career, we're not actually setting them up for success because I like to think I am for the vast majority of my students, probably the first gay adult that they have interaction with. And you know what, they're going to meet gay people, trans people, lesbians, people of all different races, ethnicities, religions, cultures, looks, disabilities, they're going to meet all sorts of people. So if we're not being our authentic selves as an educator, then we're not setting them up for success when they leave our walls to encounter all people. So I like to think that like teachers who express the unique aspects of who they are actually help to shape the way that kids view the world outside of their classroom. And what better way to educate them than to bring that in? And what better way to do that, to have that brought, bring in, be their teacher. Who's teaching them, mentoring them, who is someone that they look up to and they trust. Right, right. And, and, and is, and they know that has invested in them and places time with them. So, you know, when they, if they go into high school and they start hearing negative things about gay people, they'll be able to look back and be like, actually, my fourth grade teacher was gay and he was fucking awesome and really loved and cared <laughs> about me. So what you're saying that's bad about gay people must not be true because of the experience that I've lived. Well, if I never came out to them, you know, they can't, kids can't confirm right. what, what that is or even know what that is. So they might be like, oh yeah, what, uh, sure. Yeah. Gay people are bad. Cause you say so. And I've never met one. Well, you have, you just didn't know it, but yeah. if I'm open. That's what I think is so powerful. Like that students, they, they need to see this and see these differences. Um, because a lot of kids aren't exposed to it or they're only, you know, and they're like, why am I feeling different? Why am I, um, I mean, did you, and I might be getting personal, but like, I feel like you're kind of open. Like, did you always know you were gay? Yes. Yeah. I was gay at conception. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm yeah. like, yes, absolutely. I love that. What's it called? Like if you like, if you were also born, um, gold star, if you uh, also yeah. were born cesarean, that's a uh, platinum gay. Yeah. What? That's it. Yeah, gold stars. You've never like had sex with a woman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Plat and you platinum. didn't even come out of a vagina. You didn't even come no, out of a vagina. That's platinum. Platinum means you're platinum gay if you've never even come out of a vagina. Oh, is this right. a real C-section? I mean, they're yeah. like terms within the gay community that we that's kind of amazing. like joke about. Yeah, yeah, I could totally hang. See, I could hang. I know the terminology. <laughs> I love it, but I mean, it's just like to have that role model, I think is so important. And I'm, I'm sure like some, it's just like that a, a child could ask open questions. Um, I think seeing something different and just learning from a young age is so important. 
just, mm-hmm. I mean, to think about these things and just be understanding is super cool. Yeah. Um, so I think I really covered about what all I want to cover. I mean, I just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, for you to touch on this market of educators, I mean, there's just, I know that I like think that I'm like your agent in the background sending you all these different ideas because like I, I like think a lot of comedy things are funny with being a teacher. So you're probably like, shut the fuck up, Liat, but like, I'll continue to send. Please do. Um, um, But I just think you need to keep doing what you're doing. I'm reinforcing your behavior right now. And anyone who doesn't already go follow Joe and tune the effort. Where can people find you? I mean, we've said- Tell us what you want to share with them. Like any of your tour dates or any of anything- yeah, all of, hold on, let me get it up. All of my um, tour dates are on my website, uh, times 3 the number 3com And that is also all of my social media handles where you can uh, find basically all of my content on Instagram, TikTok's my big one, Facebook as well, YouTube as well. So at Mr. D times three or just Joe Dombrowski, you can find me too. But the big thing with going on tour, all my tour dates are listed on my website right now if you want to come to a show. Also, the big thing is, is those shows are most likely going to happen with capacity restrictions because there is this thing called COVID-19. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's probably going to rain on the parade a little bit. So what I'm telling my fans and people who want to do is to text me, text the word tour to 1-313-251-1036. Just text the word tour and you'll go into my little tour category. And when tickets are physically on sale, I will be texting it out to the group first so people who really want to go to the show you'll have the ticket links first to even more so assure that you get tickets because if it sells out it sells out and i can't do anything past that so if you really want to go i highly suggest text the word tour to 1-313-251-1036 and you will have all the latest and greatest information i'm texting and you. this this is oh, yes. this this phone number is on your instagram right like you have it yeah it's like there. on my everything yeah. i also guys have it well everything all this will be in the show notes so you can check it right out on oh perfect awesome show notes thank you yeah we're official like that yeah 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 totally dude we <laughs> the first time you. i could say the first time on the podcast that i said like you can find it in our show notes i was like i fucking made it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have any listened yet but we made no, it but i said show notes and i have a show notes and i just feel really cool all oh right, and well, people feel, can listen yeah. to my podcast too oh, i also yes. have a podcast social studies the podcast where I study being social by being social and you guys are a guest on it. So if you guys want to uh, hear Liat and Kelsey, uh, Casey, sorry, I called you Kelsey. What the fuck? I don't even know <laughs> what the is. fuck. <laughs> I, I, okay. The thing is, is we've been chatting literally all fucking day and I have not I done that. You know that I know you're I know. I know we're tight. Okay. Don't you worry. Thank you. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> if you could you say can the name Liat, I'm, I'm sure you're fucking... fine with Casey. Yeah. I think all right, guys. Fine. So I think today, um, since we have a new behavior bitch on board, um, I'm, okay, Casey, why don't we take the first part and Joe, you could like figure out what you should say back, okay? Okay, perfect. All right, ready, Case? Yep. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed. As always, love, love you. you. Mean it. <laughs>